Hi, my name is Enrico Ferri and welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast. We have a passion for worship, whether it's worship leading or just worshiping together with other believers in Christ. And we realize that worship is not just five songs on a Sunday or even just a two-hour worship session, but that worship is a lifestyle where we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise before the Lord on a daily basis. And on this podcast, we share in that manner, whether it's through a song, testimony, teaching, and interviewing other believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. So welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast and enjoy this episode. Hi guys, thank you once again for tuning in today to uh, this message uh, on our channel. And uh, um, just before we start, let's pray together and then we can dive into um, in the series that we are busy with. Let's close our eyes. Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we have just to sit with you and to dive into your word, God, to gaze upon you through your word and also to be touched by your Holy Spirit and to allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us the desires of your heart for us as your children, as your beloved ones, God. And I pray that during this time that um, that we will open the eyes of our hearts and the ears of our hearts to see and to listen to what you have to say through your Spirit to us today. And um, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you chose us long before we chose you. Thank you that you are faithful and that in every season you are a good, good Father to us. We love you and adore you and we acknowledge today, God, that we can do nothing without you. Amen. Well, guys, my name is Enrico Free from Burning Lamp Ministries and uh, for you, who of you maybe missed the previous episode of last Sunday, we started a new series on stewardship that we felt uh, led by the Holy Spirit to do, and uh, which I think is, uh, I feel in my heart, quite a, a timely topic for the times that we live in um, and for, God, for what God has entrusted us with. And um, I started, just to give you a bit of a background, I started um, the previous uh, episode uh, with stewardship, but specifically stewardship of the heart, that we would realize we, we I spoke about um, from out of Proverbs 4, where it says that uh, guard your heart above all else because it determines uh, the rest of your life, um, that your heart is the, the main source, it's the filter, the lens through which your life flows through, it's your framework, um, your frame of reference of life, uh, where God encourages us and to steward our hearts, to be the captains, to be the security guard of our hearts, um, and that we are able through His power, His guidance, uh, by the Holy Spirit, uh, to, to guard our hearts, to protect our hearts from, from anything that wants to derail us or wants to come and spoil the condition of the soil of our hearts. And I felt like we needed to do a part two uh, on on the heart, uh, on stewardship, and that's what we're going to dive in a bit with today. And um, I firstly want to say thank you to each one who has reached out to us, whether it's via WhatsApp or uh, Facebook inbox message or on our YouTube channel commenting for your encouraging feedback um, on our sessions that we have started to post on these platforms um, every Sunday. We want, I want to encourage you to please also come in contact with us if there's anything that you feel on your heart that the Holy Spirit leads you to. Uh, the contact details will also be at the end of this message. And also, if you feel led to sow a seed into our ministry, there will also be details 
uh, right at the end of this message um, in the credits afterwards. But let's dive in today. So I felt like God, the Holy Spirit is encouraging us to pursue holiness, to pursue wholeness in Him. And wholeness can only be found in Him. Um, and we also know that we are a new creation. Uh, it's specifically when it comes to baptism as well, baptism with water. It's the symbolic uh, uh, public uh, confession that we make to say that the old man dies and we rise in Christ as the new man. Um, so we take part in the death of Jesus, but we also have fully part in the f amazing resurrection of Jesus. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us. And that in itself is something out of this world actually to try and grasp. But I felt like the Holy Spirit um, led me to, to share with you guys that it's His greatest desire that you will be whole. It's His greatest desire that your soul will be whole made new, that your heart will be made new, and that we should, through our everyday life and the decisions that we make, because we are stewards of our hearts, uh, and we are in charge of our hearts under guidance of the Holy Spirit, that the choices that we make through life um, would be contending to keep our hearts healthy. And also, maybe if your heart is at a hurting or an unhealthy place, that you would make that constant, conscious decision to pursue that. And the story that I want to share with you guys today is out of Mark 5, 25 to 34. This beautiful story um, of this woman that, uh, of blood flow that was cast out by the people of, of that little town because of this disease that she had. And she had this disease for 12 years. But let's read it together. And then as I read, I'll probably highlight some things that have uh, stood out for me in this. And, um, and then we can dive in further and allow the Holy Spirit to to show us what's on his heart. Uh, from uh, Mark 5, 25 to 34, this is out of uh, the New International Version. Sometimes uh, I try and look at the different types of versions that you get, and I pick one that maybe explains to me the story the best. Um, obviously, also being cautious about uh, you know things that may have been left out in certain translations. Uh, but let's read this from 25. And the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Okay, I just quickly want to stop there. This is quite a long time for, for a person or a woman to be subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years is such a long time. And then from verse, verse 26 is something, guys, that stood out to me so much. And it just portrays this picture of, of a seeking heart in this world that we're living, a seeking heart to things that will not satisfy. It says here that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. What it basically says here is she has been running to everything except Jesus that she could find trusting that whatever it is she was running to, these doctors, which actually symbolizes like, uh, yes, just like I mentioned, the things that we run to, worldly systems, people that we think uh, will heal the brokenness in heart. She ran to all these doctors and it said here that she gave all that she had. She spent all the money that she had pursuing all these other lovers, all these other things that she think uh, could have brought healing to her. But it says here, instead of getting better as she was pursuing all these things that just left her empty, she actually grew worse. Her sickness and her physical well-being just grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him 
in the crowd and touch his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Uh, 31. You see the, the people uh, crowding against you, the, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask um, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had who done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Isn't this an amazing story of a, a woman just knowing she heard about this Messiah she heard, probably heard in the other communities about the miracles that this man was performing um, in, in the public and people start, started to get healed. And she knew that today could be her day um, to be touched by this man and to see him. I just want to give you a bit of history because this is just like a short, I believe, you know, there's always much more to a story. Uh, this is almost like a, sh a short summary of the story. But I want to just give you a bit of history of the climate that those people's, the people lived in, the political climate, the laws that were in place at that stage regarding these type of illnesses. Just to, to color in the story and to give you a better idea of what this woman actually did that day. So in Numbers 5 verse 2, we read uh, about what God commanded Moses the laws that he commanded Moses to put in place regarding certain, certain things. So in Numbers 5 verse 2 it says, Command the Israelites to send away from the camp anyone who has a defiling skin disease or a discharge of any kind um, or what is ceremonially unclean because of a, of a dead body. Then Leviticus 15 verse 9 says the following, When a woman has her regular flow of blood. The impurity of her monthly period will last seven days. Well, this woman didn't last seven days. It lasted 12 years. And anyone who touches her will be unclean until evening. Okay, so um, he says here that anybody who is identified as ceremonially unclean, nobody is allowed to touch that woman for those seven days. If they do, they will also be known as unclean until the evening. So here's the thing. So any person with a type of illness were not allowed to come close to other people. Okay, So they were unclean and were not allowed to come close to the temple in those times when they were un seen as unclean. If such a person touched another, then that person was also declared unclean. So this woman was not allowed in public places, obviously, because for 12 years, guys, she had this illness that should have only been for seven days lasted for 12 years. It's probably like everybody in the community knew her. She knew, they knew, they knew that she stayed out of, outside of the city and probably because of that disease, she, they handled her in this way, you know, pushing her away, maybe shouting at her saying, because she's a risk to society. She's a risk to this community. She's a risk to me as a person. She's not allowed to touch me because I will be restricted. And it's almost as you will fall into a kind of light of shame 
when you are identified as unclean. Um, and obviously, on that day, this community, as she was starting to push through these people, definitely had to recognize her. And so what could she possibly do to get as close to the Messiah as possible? Just imagine this for a moment. She sees Jesus coming through the crowd. She's from a distance and she realizes that she needs to start moving now. She also knows that the people might recognize her. And so she needs to move as quickly as she can, but also cover her up. So she covers herself, her face up, so that nobody would recognize her. She lowers herself and starts moving through this crowd, pushing people away, saying, excuse me, excuse me, with this urgency and this, this desperate desire in her heart as she moves forward. And so she touches almost everybody in that crowd. Imagine that, or at least the lane where she had to move through. I don't know from which side she came in. But she had to like shove her way through, uh, shove past people uh, just to, to get to Jesus. By the time she reached Jesus, just imagine this, she has probably broken those set of rules that we just spoke about probably more than 200 times. I don't know how many people were in the crowd, but she knew that the only way that she was going to be able to touch Jesus is to firstly maybe cover herself up so that nobody would recognize her because that community was probably small enough like we just spoke of. And then secondly, um, she knew that it's going to be impossible to get close to him without touching people. So she was willing to do that in her heart. She, was, she made that decision there and then that this is what's going to happen. After she realized that obviously she was caught out the moment she touched his garment, caught out in her sense that people would now see who's this woman, um, she fell on her knees and explained the whole story. I just want to stop there for a moment as you just drink in what I just shared to you in a bit more detail, the desperateness and the desire of this woman's heart to get healed. I want to say to you guys that, um, that the way you grow up, the way you grew up um, knowing certain things in, in, in your parents' house and then as you grow, grew older, you know, starting to become part of, of society and the greater picture and the greater world out there, you have a certain frame of reference of, of certain things in your life, of how you were taught or how you observed certain things to be done. Whether it's love, whether it's discipline, whether it's the religion that your parents grew up in, whether it's family, uh, the way your family is gathered, um, that they gather often, that they never gather, were there relationships, uh, close relationships in the family, or were there disunity between brothers and sisters, between your fathers and his sisters and, and, and brothers, whatever the case may be. Communication, you probably looked at your parents and other adults when you were a child looking at each other and you saw different scenarios of communications. Communications done in a hard way of verbal abuse or in a beautiful way of really pursuing the other one's heart and hearing what they have to say. So you saw that, you saw different examples of commitment and perseverance on how a woman should look and how a man should look. So it's almost like you grew up with a frame of reference, okay, of how certain things are done. And the powerful thing about this is, is um, the, the reason why I mention this is because if it is allowed in your heart and it becomes part of who you are, that's the way, like we spoke about in Proverbs 4, that's the way through which you will live your life. That's the way through which you will apply discipline towards your kids or towards someone else or towards yourself, the way you will apply your love, 
the way you will practice your religion, the way you will structure your family dynamics, uh, the way you will run your business, um, the way you will dress because you saw that's how women should be dressed or you've been looking at the media and you say, okay, that's how women should be dressed or that's how men should be should uh, operate in their families or whatever the case may be. So you have a frame of reference, guys. And sometimes this can be a good thing. And sometimes, obviously, this could be a bad thing because I want to read this to you in Proverbs 23 verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So like, just like we spoke about in Proverbs 4, everything that goes on in your heart has a massive effect on your whole life. That's why I felt like the Holy Spirit says that we must start with the heart because if it's all about stewardship and stewarding all the other things in our relations, in our lives, that obviously the thing in the center of it all, stewarding all the other things needs to be healthy. And so I want to encourage you today that I've, I've seen this often and it's scary it happens that you quite cannot allow the brokenness in your heart because of your past or because of things that happened yesterday or even today to determine your identity. You know, so many times people try to justify their actions. So you have acted in such a way in your relationships towards a friend and what you've said or through your actions, you actually hurt that friend's feelings but now you justify those actions because of your own hurt and you see that's what happens when you allow your brokenness to determine or to become your identity is is you like we spoke about in the first episode hurting people hurt people so you justify because you're hurting other people it's almost like you say but just remember I my past you know I was handled like this way so I'm so sorry that it happened to you but just accept me for who I am. That is an absolute lie from the devil. It's not who you are. We just, I just mentioned it a bit earlier that you were made a new creation in Christ. You have received not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. You have received the mind of Christ, but not a carnal fleshly um, mind, thinking like the world does. Um, the brokenness in your heart is a scary thing. It causes blind spots. You do not then through your life, it's, it's, it's difficult to see the goodness of God in situations. Because of the hurt in your heart, you're always guarding your heart. And that hurt causes blind spot. And it almost creates an ungratefulness in your heart. Because it just makes you incapable to see the, the beautiful, uh, kind deeds that people do to you. And then obviously believing so many lies. You maybe had a teacher in school that said you're going to be a nothing. You're not going to make it one day. Uh, just see how useless you are. Or you had a dad that you just felt like you always wanted his approval, but you just never found his approval. There was always an older brother or sister that had more approval than you had. So you started meditating and believing all these things having an effect on who you are now. And I believe that God wants to heal that. He wants you to remember because you are in him, because of the same spirit that lives within you that raised him from the dead, the Holy Spirit can guide you and bring healing to your heart. That is his desire that you will no longer stay in this miry clay, but that he will lift you up from the miry clay and put your feet upon a rock and that you will know through that revelation that you belong to him. Acknowledgement is such an amazing thing, guys, when it comes to this in restoration of your heart. Acknowledgement simply means this accepting of the truth or the existence of something. So you... I always say acknowledgement is the starting point of progression of going forward. You need to come to a place of identification 
and then acknowledging and saying, okay, I am hurt, I am broken, there has been things happening to me that I have allowed to affect my heart and it has had an effect on everybody around me. So acknowledgement, guys, is very, very important. If there's one prayer that I pray often, um, I've got like a, a file on my phone that's called my prayer closet, is the following prayer out of Psalms 139, 23 to 24. I want to read it to you where David prays and he says this following prayer, such a transparent, vulnerable prayer. He says, search me, O Lord, know my heart, try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. So you see, the heart can be deceiving. And what David is saying here, God, sometimes in my anxieties and frustrations and fears and hurt, um, I am unable to identify or I just don't feel like I have the power to overcome this. So I, I want to give my heart to you and I want to say, Holy Spirit, come and search my heart. Come and show me. Give me the power to acknowledge. Give me the power to face what has happened in my past. Give me uh, the, 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 the courage just to face these things and to deal with them. And I want to encourage you guys is dive into these things in your heart. Dive deeply into this. Don't think that God will be offended when you ask him hard questions. I believe in my heart, just like Psalms 24 says, that this is the Jacob generation, the generation that will wrestle with the Lord. And through the wrestling of these hard questions, pursuing wholeness, pursuing purity, we will see his face. I want to also encourage you guys is to managing daily encounters that you have with people is to keep God and to have discernment and to be wide awake when the enemy, because um, the Bible says that the enemy walks around like a lion just looking for what he can devour and destroy. But I want to encourage you guys that through the Holy Spirit to be vigilant, to be uh, awake during your day-to-day -day encounters with people. Guys, you must remember, sometimes we need to look past the actions of people. If we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and reveal to us why our why a certain employee has acted to me like he did today? Why did he shout at me? Why did he swear at me? Or why has my employer um, been um, not treating me fairly regarding the other employees or whatever? Is you always need to look past because every, you know, those actions are birthed out of a place of hurt and brokenness. You know, that person probably just like we spoke about in the first episode um, has a root of rejection or has a root of offense or a root of hurt in his life and now that root in his heart causes this fruit these actions to come forth against you so you guys must remember that our fight is not against flesh and blood but our fight is against the powers and principalities against these things that the enemy wants to to come and try to destroy so i want to come back to the story just as we land this um today so this woman carried the sickness for more than 12 years um, but you guys, here's the scary thing, that there are people in life that carry the hurt and the brokenness in their heart, not just for 12 years, for many years, struggling to get through this because it's basically just pride, really. Just struggling to forgive, struggling to just uh, set people free from their lives. And I want to encourage you, the, 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 the sad thing about this is, just like I said about hurting people hurt people, that these, this hurt from parents, from you or other people that you may be um, influencing around your life, 
you reflect this hurt to other people, you pass this hurt on to other people, and the cycle just continues. This woman was desperate to touch Jesus. She knew that he was the only one that could make this possible. Guys, she searched for doctors. She searched for other solutions to fill and to bring healing to her. But she knew that at the end of all that, when she was at the end of her rope and Jesus was the only option, she knew that he was the only option. And she needed to touch him. And here's the thing, guys, that with that close-knitted community there, um, and how she was treated by probably a lot of those people there being cast out of the city. She made a choice that day to push past all those eyes, all those opinions of people, the comments of the, the possible comments that just could have come her way of, you deserve hell, you should be grateful with what you have. He did everything for you. If he never does anything again, you should be more than grateful because you have more than enough. And have you ever heard maybe this comment that people gave you, Enrico, it's, it's just not about you. Just stop. It's like the way you're acting and your desperateness to touch him. It's like you're making this all about you. And you know what's the beautiful thing about her response is, it's almost like her response is like the following thing is, guys, thank you so much for your theologically correct opinions that you have. But just get out of my way because I need to touch Jesus today. I don't care what you say. I don't care about how right you think you are. I need to touch Jesus today. And so she pushed past the shame. She pushed past the fear. She pushed past the hurt. And she touched the fountain of life that in a moment bring, brought instant healing to her disease. Guys, I want to encourage you today that I feel in this season of the transition that we see globally happening, living in very interesting times, that I feel there's an unction from the Holy Spirit that you should draw a line today, that you should forgive who you need to forgive, that you should set people free who you need to, to, to set free, and that you should pursue holiness and wholeness like never before, not out of your own strength, but by the power and the invitation from the Holy Spirit. That you should know that you do not live like we spoke in the first episode for yourself, but you're living for the next generations. You're living for, the, for your little daughter and your little son at home. You're living for, for your wife. You're living for your husband. You're living for your employees that are working under you. To set an example for them. But God's desire is that you will run to Him today. His arms are always open. He will not stand there and rebuke you. He will not stand and show you away. Just like Mary in John 12, he will say, or in Luke 10, he will say, you have chosen this one good thing to come to me. And he says, come to me, all who are broken, are burdened and heavy laden. So I wanted to encourage you now. I want to pray now in Jesus' name, God, for every heart that is struggling of things of the past, brokenness, hurt, rejection, fear, that you will set those hearts free. God, I ask now that you will provoke hearts and, and create and birth a, uh, a desire and an unction in hearts to forgive. Guys, I want to encourage you, make that phone call today to your father, to your mother, or to a friend and forgive. Set them free. It's not worth it to walk around with this. It's not God's heart that you would walk around with this and put that chapter behind you. And if you struggle, go into your prayer closet and say, Jesus, give me the power. I need to do this. I know this is your desire for me. You want me to be healthy and free. I need you to help me with a step. And he will give you the courage and the boldness.
to step forward and do this. Amen. I thank you for joining in for today's session and I really, really hope that you were encouraged and you can walk away with something today. I want to encourage you to go ponder, uh, go watch this over and over again, tag a friend, share it on your page if it's touched you in any way. Um, and let's go and spread the gospel of the good news and know that it's God's desire to set your heart free so that you can experience not just the life, but the life in abundance so that you can carry and bear the fruit of the salvation that you have received and the redemption. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our message today. Remember to press the subscribe button. For more content and resources, visit our Facebook pages at Enrico and Anya Worship and Burning Lamp Ministries. And also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Enrico and Anya Worship. If you want to come in contact with us, please send us an email to info at burninglampmusic.co.za.